Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Seventh Man Podcast. I'm Will Beverina, the chief editor of Dimer2k.com. I am Josiah Cohen, the erstwhile managing editor of Dimer2k.com. And I'm Len, senior analyst and a third of Dimer2k.com to pick uh, T-Wolves or the only person to pick T-Wolves Gaming to win the championship. I just had to throw that in. Yeah, yeah, whatever. We're back for episode 27. You can check out our previous episodes on our YouTube, iTunes, Podbean, and Spotify. As always, we want to thank anyone listening to us for all the support. It is always appreciated. Some things happened this weekend, you may have heard. Uh, So let's just go right into it and talk about the single most important event of the season that everyone is talking about, the NBA 2K League Showcase. (laughs) No, I'm joking. That was terrible. 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 Um, Can we never do that again, please? Uh, I'm talking about the NBA. The showcase or? The showcase. Never do the showcase. showcase. Terrible. Terrible. I know, yeah. Terrible. Oh, my God. They need to just do an all-star game. Just do an all-star game. Do an all-star game. anything other than that. Pick up the suggestions I suggested in my post i don't need to watch four games of terrible 2k just because some rapper i've never heard of is on the sticks like i just i don't no one needs to do that especially when you're not going to meet him afterwards and all of 1.5 thousand people only are watching like it's just use your resources better spread it out more throughout the season terrible we're here not here to talk about that we're not here to talk about All right. that. No, we are not. We are here to talk about the NBA 2K League Finals. Josiah, give me your thoughts on the just. There's a lot that happened. Just, just talk about it. I'll give you my thoughts in three and a half hours. No, I won't. I'll uh, do it to you now because that is part of what I'm going to talk about. Um, first two games were terrible. Um, Home side, long arming shots. Brett didn't have a shot meter in the first game. Um, first two games, I don't even consider really finals games. So it came down to a best of three after a three and a half hour delay where they were testing, praying, hoping things would be better. They finally got the finals court working. Um, the last three games were good. The last three games were very good. They were very exciting, especially game four. Um, some big games there. Home and away side was back to normal, and by back to normal, I mean still a discrepancy. Um, all it takes is one look at Radiant's stat line on the home and away side um, to, to prove that. But give the T-Wolves credit. They were very deserving champions. Bear to Beast, very deserving MVP face of the league right now, I would warrant. Um, and yeah, they played great defense, played great offense. You know, everyone stepped up in this series, I think, uh, on both teams. You know, Radiant had a down game in in Game 5, but obviously that doesn't take away from the fact that he's still one of the best players in the world. Um, ZDS played really good defense um, on ball. Jay Money did as well. So, yeah, tip my cap especially to those guys for stepping up in that area, which was a potential area of weakness for both teams. But Timberwolves, hell of a run. Um, you know, we've... We've gone over that so many times by now. I don't need to further it. Great job by them. Um, let's never have a three-and-a-half-hour delay in two ugly, terrible, miserable games again, shall we? Agreed. Len, your thoughts? 
Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, before I get into it, that like Josiah just bringing that up, uh, it made me ask because I was the um, only one of us who didn't attend it on site. Uh, so what was like the experience uh, like on site while you guys were there when this whole delay and stuff was going on? Because majority of us were on our computers, uh, you know, just hoping and waiting to hear some news. It was the same. It was just a lot of waiting. No one knew what was happening. Um, we barely knew any more than what people at home knew. There's so... a lot of milling around. A lot of milling around in the foyer. Yeah. They wouldn't let you sit in the stage area, so you had to walk around in the in the lobby. And... Thankfully, they had yeah. Papa Shot there for the finals. Yeah, that came in that clutch for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. No. I, I was saw just the upstairs if... of the studio for the first time. Oh, that's cool. So, hey, there's always a uh, yeah. silver lining. Yeah. But, okay, yeah. So, for me, um, my thoughts. Uh, so, as, as, as I said at the, at the, in the intro, I was um, the only one of us to select the T-Wolves to, to win this. Uh, but, however, I don't think anyone could have predicted uh, for it to happened the way it did uh Josiah brought up even with Radiant he's still one of the best players in my opinion I still think he is the best player I think it's hard to go into that uh or come out of that series granted he did have a bad game five um just knowing all the technical issues and things of that sort it's really hard to um you know paint the whole canvas with just that performance one bad Uh, game does not a bad bad player make yeah yeah exactly uh, especially knowing, like I said, especially knowing that there were technical issues, uh, players knew of it for quite some time. Uh, it happened to be even more technical issue that, uh, in this game. And that's why the 76ers, uh, made a big deal about it. Cause you know, is even more, uh, as we saw with the two blowouts, um, and you know, and the third game was about to be a blowout as well. Yeah, uh, so that's a waste of first two it. games, absolute waste of two games. Um, just terrible. I, yeah, it ended up being I was, I was, uh, best of three. I was, I was just looking back fondly on it, but now as I say it, I'm realizing 40% of the series went down the drain. Equally down the drain, but just down the drain. Like, just miserable blowout games. Uh, Radiant got inside yeah. his own head a bit, you know, by game five. Um, but yeah, that's because of all the issues. You know, it's not fair to players to have to wait three and a half hours. Sorry, Len, I cut you off, but I'm just... I'm no, really no, just, yeah. in retrospect, even more displeased um, than how charitable I was being based on the quality of the last three games. Well, and were there to be a, you know, a weekend or a game to be delayed, uh, this is the last game or series that you would have wanted it to be. You know, even if it was in the first round of the playoffs, uh, that's a significantly better um, position to be in rather than the finals where you got up to 30,000 viewers at one point. Uh, and for that to happen, you know, seeing all of the crowds going crazy on both sides, uh, seeing the atmosphere and there being, you know, more electric than it's ever been for, uh, you know, for for it to have to be paused for, um, you know, a technical issue is, is pretty terrible. Um, but, you know, outside of just the technical aspect, the gameplay aspect, um, it was interesting to see. I was, I was super impressed with how um, the T-Wolves game planned for uh, the Sixers. Uh, they understood the Sixers' weaknesses and they attacked them uh, in full force. Um, 
most notably uh, Nudini on the on the defensive end. Um, he ended up turning around game four and game five, but um, I was. Uh, you know, people, you know, there was a lot of talk on Twitter like, oh, hey, you know, Nudini played a new position and he did well on it, blah, blah, blah. I mean, cool. I, you know, I, I don't really feel for that too much. Uh, yeah, I get it. He's playing what the team wants him to play. Um, but he just didn't perform in, in, in the games they need him needed him to the most. Uh, but even outside of that, uh, I think just the Sixers, um, I still think that they were one of the better teams. Or, you know, if not the best, you know, overall team this year, it just seemed that uh, Timberwolves, you know, figured out what worked best for them. Uh, and that brings me to the, the point of, of system. Uh, I, I've been seeing a lot of people talk about, uh, oh, you know, look what happens when you buy into a system. Look what happens when, uh, you know, uh, everyone, you, when you want to play with a pick and pop center. Uh, that's what JoJo's been his entire 2K career, even before um, the 2k league. Uh, so it's just kind of confusing to me that people are saying that the T wolves bought into a system. If, uh, honestly, uh, you know, after I just brought up how Nudini played a role that he never played before, if anyone was playing or was buying into a system, it was Philly as Steve's was on an outside, uh, big, uh, to start the year. And then he went to a glass cleaner because, uh, he didn't do too well against Walnut and they, they figured, Hey, uh, this seems to be the meta. So let's do that. Also Nudini playing on the pure lock, uh, him not playing it at all, uh, pre-draft or last year. If anyone were to be buying into a system, I think at that point you say it's Philadelphia. Um, but again, since, uh, the T-Wolves, uh, you know, didn't necessarily have everyone's favorite roster after the draft and they ended up being the best team this year, um, people have to make, uh, uh, come up with reasonings for it. And rather than saying, wow, Bear's a really good player. Wow. Turnip's a really good player. Wow. Jay Money's a really good player. Wow. Feast is a really good player. Damn. Even Jojo's a really good player. Let's just blame it on them buying it, buying into a system, uh, and, and call it that. So uh, that's probably been one of the more annoying things uh, to come uh, out of the result. But outside of that, though, uh, as I said, I predicted that I predicted the Wolves to uh, win. Uh, I said it in the last podcast that the Wolves have been the best team uh, since I believe it was a week since, you know, the week before the ticket or whenever that was. Whenever they found that lineup with Jay Money on sharp, Feast on rim sharp, they've been the best team. They only lost at the ticket prior to losing game two and game four in this series. Uh, and, you know, they, they, they maximized everyone's potential on that team. Uh, so I got to give 110% respect to the T-Wolves you know, uh, for, you know, understanding their talent, understanding their personnel, and understanding where um, each uh, player on that roster would thrive the most. Okay, two points. One, I wholeheartedly agree with you that people have been given the T-Wolves short shrift for their talent um you know you have bears a franchise point guard you've got turn up who was in the league last season made the finals of the two hundred fifty thousand dollar my team tournament which is different but you know still takes a, a hell of a lot of skill at 2k you've got jay money who was predicted by many people to be a first round pick feast obviously tremendous player um jojo whom the t-wolves had rated very very highly coming in uh, one of the best stretch big men now in the league, and you know a very charismatic sixth player in Nacho. But I'll push back a little bit against the buying into a system because I think I think there is a clear difference, right? You know, there there are two iterations of the T Wolves. 
right? There's there's episode one with Hood, um, and I think it's it's clear to say that Hood did not buy into everything, right? Uh, I think we can agree on that, right? Right. Definitely. Phil Vins um, was emphatic about trying to institute a lot of plays. They were running that already in the tip off. Hood was playing a lot of pure sharp, but he didn't really buy in, right? Trade request traded to Miami, right? And around that time, you know, Phil Vince is dismissed for unrelated issues. Um, and then, you know, interim coach Justin Butler takes over. Um, and so the point I'll push back on is that this episode two, right? Clean slate almost, these T-Wolves, new, new player, right? New coach. They didn't have to stick with all these sets and all these plays, right? And no one ran plays like they did. And that's a system. You know, these plays, these sets are a system, right? And they didn't have to continue to buy in, right? They weren't buying in at all with Hood, right? Hood wasn't buying in. But yeah, they kept running plays and they kept running sets after Vilvins was dismissed, right? And, mm-hmm. and I don't think that they had to. So I think in a sense, in a sense, they did, sub- they did subscribe to Vilvins' system. Buying in is a nebulous term, term, but they did sort of buy in. They, su- they certainly subscribed, right? They continued to subscribe to the system that Vilvins instituted. They changed it. They definitely changed it up, right? You know, you didn't always see the same plays that Vilvins is running. Only a few core plays, uh, you know, stayed over from his time as coach. But a lot of the sets did. And the fact that they didn't, you know, resort to the clear meta, um, right, which was which is pick and roll, right? The fact that they didn't revert to that you know, even when they were three and six, you don't think that's buying it a little bit? Yeah, but the point I'm trying to make, and I'm glad that you had, you know, you know, reasoning behind what you were saying, because the, I think the most part that's been annoying to me is that I ask what system are they running, and people just tell me a pick and pop center, and to my, and when I think to myself, I'm like, well, JoJo's been that all year. Uh, he's been a player that that spaces the floor. He just now he sets the screens, but when you bring up them running plays, or even as we saw in this series where they were even running pick and roll uh, with J Money and Bear, yeah, that's a system. And yeah, you could say that that's J Money buying into a system. That's Bear buying into to that system because you don't see regular pro am players run that type of stuff. Uh, and you know they did that to. Again, attack the uh, the the weak points of the 76ers defense and ZDS and Udini. Force both of them to have to make plays rather than having to go at Breadwinner, who you know, honestly has been playing uh, in the playoffs. At least he's looked like the defensive player of the year. Even in this series, whenever they went to his side, he was making a play. But regardless, if you if you are to bring up, yeah, you know, some plays that they do run, it is interesting to see a player players in pro am do those sort of plays. But then you also have to think Jay Money was running plays in Pro-Am, amateur Pro-Am, before he even got to the league. So it seems that, you know, Jay Money's always kind of been a player who um, is has been open to to run plays to exploit um, 
the opposing team's uh, weaknesses. But regardless, I do uh, agree with your point that, yeah, it is admirable that they still stuck to running plays. You saw them run horns at times, double screens, uh, the, the, the pick and roll with the one and the three. Uh, but also we saw them do stuff that regular pro-am teams do in running five out, as we saw all of last year, which they you know, uh, decided to bring out uh, to attack Nudini and take Brett out of the picture in this series. Uh, and they run pick and roll as well. They implement a little bit of p- uh, pick and pop, and it seems and that that's just my issue. It seems that everyone says, "Oh my gosh, we see a popping center for once this year," and they ended up winning this series. That must be why they won. And in my and that's not the case in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with so, you. Uh, I agree with you that a pick and pop game is not a system, right? Yeah, a pick and pop game it's not a system, and you know I, I think it's a case of recency bias to say that, oh, they're the only team who ran that sort of thing. No, there are a lot of popping centers, right? Sick, right? Sick with the Raptors. But, yeah. But... The it, team they went against ran an outside center. They won the tip-off with an outside center. They they ended up getting killed before the turn tournament against Blazer 5, absolutely demolished, and a big reason was because Steez could not rebound with Walnut uh, on an outside big. And so the 76ers ended up going to putting a breadwinner on the rim sharp and putting Steez on the glass cleaner to play the corner defensively and just uh, solidify every rebound. And they ended up going to the finals of the turn tournament. So they found out that was successful for them. And they bought into that meta system that everyone else was running. And they ended up losing at the end. I mean, I don't think it was a a failed season because they lost in the last series of the year like we saw how good this team was when they bought into that system and uh they you know they happened to run into a team who ran their system better i I wouldn't say that the you know just because the wolves had an outside big that that's the reason they're better than everyone else yeah i don't think i would necessarily say that having a a stretch center is the 76ers system you know you, you look at other teams like the pacers and the grizz who ran a, a sharp rebounder um, at the five for a couple of weeks, I wouldn't necessarily call that the 76ers system, but I don't think having a a pick and pop center is is the difference. I think it's what you do with the pick and pop center, right? There mm-hmm. are situations right in which having an inside center is more valuable to your team, and I think you know rebounding is such an undervalued aspect of the game that. Somehow, you know, I think you know one of the biggest reasons the Timberwolves won the finals and you know were so successful throughout the playoffs is that they're just a very good they they have very good rebounding players, right? Even though they were on a sharp rebounder, right? They did not really get out rebounded. They didn't lose the rebounding battle as much. They lost it a couple times against the Seventy Sixers, right? Because Steez is also a very good rebounder, but. They did not lose the rebounding battle a single time in the quarterfinals and the semifinals, right? And that is what, in a sense, can separate teams, right? Because it, the rebounding Definitely. is so important. Possessions, there are so few possessions per quarter per game that being able to, to, to sustain possessions offensively and limit possessions defensively is what's underrated. But you have to get the most. You have to get the most out of those possessions. Um, and that's sort of where finding the system that works best for you, identity, integrity, it all comes into focus. Yeah, for sure. 
So I, then we agree on that point. I, I just wanted to hit on how, uh, as I said, they, they, uh, I even wrote on Twitter yesterday and people were writing me the system they bought into was having outside big. And I'm just like, just it just confuses me. And I think it's a way of, uh, you know, in a sense, it is kind of disrespectful to, to the Timberwolves uh, by saying, oh, the, you know, this is why they won, you know, uh, because, the, you know, they found a way to put uh, – maybe not a skillful player on this build and it helped their offense a little bit more. I just, I just, I just didn't like the narrative that was being created. Yeah, they were, they were darn good. They hit a lot of shots. Everyone hit a lot of shots. Feast, Jojo, Bear, turn up J-Money. You know, J-Money probably hit the fewest shots of anyone um, in, you know, in, in retrospect, you know, compared to what he, he was doing during the regular season. And, and they still won because they played very well together as a team. And they, they did it consistently throughout. So I, I think it was a few things. Um, one is the optics of it. When you trade away a player like Hood, who a lot of people probably don't view as the greatest teammate, um, he made the trade demand, and he like had the periscopes and everything. So um, people are saying, you know, you go from that to what they had, and you're like, oh, like they really came together as a team and bought in. Plus, there's the aspect of it where the team was three and six, so you're kind of assuming in your head, well, I, I guess the team isn't good enough. And then you know they make the lineup switch, and the lineup switch is when they started having success, right? So people kind of, I guess, correlate that lineup switch with quote unquote buying into a system. Um, yeah, I, I think it's part of it. And, and Josiah mentioned, you know, the recency bias and things like that. Um, there's also the fact they were incorporating five out, which people kind of view as, um, you know, four guys have to be selfless to allow whoever is running that five out to do what they do and get all the points. So it, it's kind of a, a mixture of a few things, I think. Um, yeah, I, I, I do think it is a little bit disrespectful to the talent on this team because it's a very talented team. It's a very good team. Um, and people are, I think, overblowing the whole buying in aspect of it. But, you know, they're a good team. They also, you know, did come together there. They have good chemistry and things like that. A lot um, of things. A lot I, of things have to go right to win a title. A yeah, lot of things. Exactly. It's not just you know buying into a system does not win you a title. Being an amazing team doesn't win you a title. Getting lucky doesn't win you a title. It, you have to have yeah. all three of those things and more to win a title. Yeah. So it's it's a little bit of a few different things, I think. Yeah. No, and I agree with all your points. Uh, and even so, like even thinking about all the other teams that either won tournaments or or were really close, like. You know, the Warriors had a time where Beast move, moved to the shooting guard because they liked uh, Gradient on the, the slashing uh, defender, and they thought that would help out their offense a little bit more. Uh, with the um, Sixers, how they moved Breadwinner to Rimsharp. Even the Blazer 5, they moved to uh, uh, David to um, Rimsharp. And we saw, you know, all those teams, you know, hit, hit kind of like a turning point, what... Uh, 
uh, when they made those switches. Uh, and, you know, that was all of them buying into either a system or a specific meta that worked out best for their personnel. But yeah, so we saw um, we saw a lot of those teams, uh, you know, kind of make those switches. And after those switches, uh, kind of hit a turning point where they started finding success uh, more and more. Uh, and I think it was just because they finally found person uh, archetypes that work for their personnel. Uh, so yeah, I, but I, I agree. I think it was, you know, I, as you brought up the points, Will, it does make more sense. It's like, okay, yeah, they're three and six. They trade for Jay Money. Jay Money was a point guard on Heat Check. He came over here to play sharp. He bought into that role, and you know it ended up thriving. And so, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Too. And he didn't do it initially, right? You know, we, we can't forget that they yeah. did try him at point they guard. They tried him at point guard. Barrett yeah. at small forward. Um, but look, at the end of the day, for me, it's all about Bear. Um, it, it just, in so many ways, it's all about Bear. I think Bear was was would have sort of been the guy willing to to make that adjustment, try and go to try and go to the three there. Um, but I think he's just a better point guard, right? And, and they realized that, you know, to all of their credit, they realized that and made made the quick switch. Um, and you know, uh, I truly think that Bear is is a selfless player who, you know, knows that five out is what's going to work, and he's not doing it to get his stats up. He, he knows that things are going to work, and you know, Feast is the same type of player, right? He's he's going to realize that if me sitting in the corner. And only you know catching shooting a couple times a game is is what's going to help us best. He's going to do that, and it's the same for all their players really. Um, so, you know, what's funny to me, I, I like that you know they got Jay Money involved in in the pick and roll. What's funny to me is that Jay Money pretty much always rolls, which is ironic since he's a uh, such a good shooter. But it's all about buying in and, and playing your role. And you know, it's not to say that the 76ers didn't do that as well. It, as I said earlier, combination of a lot of things. Yeah, so it, it takes a lot to win a championship, not just one thing. As Josiah said earlier, um, I don't know what what's what should we talk about? What's next for these two teams? How's this off season going to go for them? Yeah, I think that's kind of been like an uh, interesting point. Uh, you know, people have kind of been quick to it this year because they. Um, have experience with it last year of understanding how the retaining went with players uh, after the first season. No one really knew, but now since we saw how it went in the first season, we already have people speculating. You know what the T Wolves are going to do uh, specifically. I haven't seen many people talk about the Sixers. I think the Sixers is better for uh, some reason. No, better for some reason. For some reason, people think seem to think that the Seventy Sixers don't particularly prioritize these. Oh, that which too. Is, yeah, which, which is, is just all right. Uh, all right. Which is that, not just, smart. You just proved yourself a little ignorant there when you do that. Yeah. These, uh, these, all these lists. Armchair GMs, um, baby. Armchair GMs. You know, w- with this, with these Twitter lists we're seeing now of predictions for retentions and everything, and you know, it's okay to disagree on some things, and and some uh, protections are up in the air, I think. And then others, you look at them and you're like, you actually did not watch the league or understand the situation of this team. Asset management, baby. Asset, Asset management. management. Hey, that's our new. If uh, I, that's our new buzzword. Look, if I were if I were Big West with the with the Hornets, I'd be promoting the heck out of all these lists. Give give me give me Vandy and Steez with my expansion draft picks. <laughs> yeah. Give so, me oh, Vandy man. and Steez with my expansion oh. draft picks. Like, <laughs> oh man, 
I'll take Vandy and Reed. Oh, why not? We can make who, it work, I who guess. Who said Reed wasn't getting protected? Some, oh, someone. Oh, my. I didn't oh, even yeah, see that. Someone. Yeah, someone said, uh, someone said Manny King Cam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. boy. All right. Yeah, let's let's just cut loose the rookie of the year there. I don't. I I think it was someone kind of random. No yeah, offense, I don't. But... I don't remember. I don't remember the who hey, it was specifically. Hey, keep yeah. keep Reed. I'll take Vandy and Steeds. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, or Dayfry. You know? Oh, Dayfry is available. That guy. Wow. Mediocre player. Mediocre player. Yeah. Not a top player, I yeah. believe it was. Someone said he's not. Hasn't made the playoffs. Garbage. Garbage. But so I brought up, you know, the Wolves um, and without, you know, telling too much, nothing's official or anything. Um, we I know we can at least say two guys, uh, you know, and I think that obviously you're bringing back Bear. Um, and then I think you got to bring back Feast, of course. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, as we saw with the Knicks last year, I think when you win the championship, um I don't know if it was just a one-time thing, but the Knicks brought back some guys that you probably wouldn't have seen them bring back had they not won the champion. Had they not won the championship, so uh, I think we might see that um, this year as well. Uh, depending on how the expansion draft goes as well, I could see you know one of their guys also going in expansion draft. All these guys really ended the year well, so. Um, but I think you know I think we will see the Wolves. Um, Field a similar roster as we saw with the Sixers this year, uh, where you know maybe it's four guys brought back and they add one more piece in the draft next year or three of the guys. Uh, who knows? But I, I definitely think that they'll keep more than two guys uh, in some form or fashion. Yeah. Well, the question becomes if so. We we don't know yet. It's not official whether it's two or three protections. Um, if it is three, who is it between J Money and Turnup? For, uh, for me, uh, sorry to cut you off, Josiah. If you were going to say something, but nope. uh, I think J Money. I think J Money. You have to bring him back. I think he showed his um, his versatility. Uh, uh, you know, some people may not know uh, who are kind of newer to the league, but J Money was a center um, all the last year. Uh, this year, he moved to point guard in uh, amateur pro-am. He ended up getting drafted as a point guard. Uh, didn't really work out too well, but you know he's shown he could at least play it at a professional level. At a championship level, that might be a different story, but still, to have that versatility, uh, as he showed, he could also play sharp. He played that back in uh, 2K17. Uh, he's just a versatile player, so I think I would rather go with that uh, than maybe a player like Turnup, who... Who might also, I think Turnup has a better chance of not going in expansion than Jay Money does. I think you have to look at it in that aspect too, hoping you can, you know, still get Turnup after the expansion draft. So I think I'd take Jay Money. Josiah? I'm not, I'm not going to speak on this. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Josiah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn. Um, Josiah is leaving us um, because he's a snake. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting cut from the Pro-Am team without even knowing it. I'm honestly glad he is out of here. Um, more, more talking for uh, for Will and Lynn. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, technically, as of right now, as of this recording, you are not employed. 
by an NBA 2K League team. So you could, you know. I'm not gonna speak on it. But 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 okay. in 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 knowing that you know there's potential of him having to, you know, scout these guys and give information on these guys, I understand him not wanting to say anything. Okay. Give, give me a Van, give me Vandy and Steers as my expansion draft team. We'll, we'll work from there. Wow, that's a lot of info you're giving. I know. Out. Sure, you want to say that? I Vandy I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on the record. Vandy and Steers are good players. All right. Well. Yeah. Figuring out your draft board slowly yep, but surely. Yep. Now you know. Now you know everything. What about for the uh, 76ers, Len? Tell me, we uh, I, I think this one is a, a little bit more obvious. Um, I think Radian and Steez are your two. Who's the third, Len? Um, uh, Breadwinner. Uh, I think that's obvious. I think, you know, I think more people are making a, um, you know, uh, argument out of Steez and uh, Breadwinner, but I I think people are, as we brought up with the T-Wolves in the system, having recency bias. I think people are failing to realize how, you know, how good of a spokesperson uh, Steez is, uh, you know, how he spoke uh, for the Sixers at South by Southwest. Um, you know, he, he was getting quite a bit of camera time at the beginning of the year. Uh, he, you know, he provides a lot more value than what he provides on the court, and he provides a lot already on the court. So I think people are failing to realize that. I think Bred, he's a hell of a player. I think if uh, he, um, yeah, if I were to say, uh, I think he'll be back with them next year, but I uh, if we're, we're going to keep it at two right now, just because it's not official. Uh, I think um, I think you would have to go with Steez just for uh, his on and off court um, value for this team. Yeah, that I, I mean, some people may argue ZDS. Uh, I, I think ZDS is just a lot more replaceable than Bread. Um, obviously, ZDS has been very important to what the 76ers have done, having the best overall record in the league the past two seasons. But um, when you have a guy who's a first team all defense player, you just, you got to keep that guy. Uh, so a lot easier yeah, and I think, decision. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, if you were to just look at this team from last year to this year, you say, well, you know, they were able to replace Feast, who was a similar player, with Bread. But uh, that's just so rare. For that to the, even still be a thing no, that happened. Bread, another Bread is not falling to them. Yeah, exactly. At the end of the first round. Yeah. Asset management. They, they, they got to hold on to that. Asset, yeah. Asset management. management. That's our new identity and integrity. Asset <laughs> management. That, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the awesome. It's important. It's very important. It's important. Very, very important. The, the T-Wolves asset managed their way to a championship. They asset so. salvaged their way to a championship, honestly. Yes. The, the, one, like the one move they didn't hit on all season they corrected. was trading for Hood, and they more than made up more for it. More than made up for that. So that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Um, what else is there to talk about? The showcase was just bad, honestly. At terrible. So bad. 
terrible. Way too long. Well, Josiah and I were way there. Way too long. Uh, just way too long. It was like four hours. That Not is good for yeah, the crowd. To have it like to have it a tournament that was pretty. Yeah, I mean, I would understand if it was just two teams. They played one game. Okay, that's fine. But no to have four different in. teams, right. yeah, I wasn't going to watch that. Five teams. That. Five teams. They had five teams. Oh yeah, five teams. Yeah, they had five teams. Right. I and gave one a first round. If bye. you're going to do, if you can do the, if you can do the the celebrity team up, that's fine. You know, that's not a terrible idea. I would like to see the celebrity engagement, you know, dispersed throughout the season more, so you get more celebrities, more face time. And more, you know, hands-on, right? Rather than just this being some, you know, fantasy celebrity all-star game. But you, you can't drag this one out, especially if you're, you know, not really going to have much fan celebrity interaction, right? Cut it to two new teams, play one game, and then the winner maybe plays the defending champion from last year. Yeah, I don't know if their lease like had like a. Um... A minimum requirement of usage and that's why they had to do something that friday but i would have been much better it would have been much much better off had they just done nothing friday than the showcase yeah but uh I, this but i there's one thing i wanted to bring up um justin butler uh how he, he won the championship how does this how does a interim coach winning the championship uh affect future and current coaches in the league. Affect in what way? Are you trying to say that me, coaches are made more replaceable? Yeah, uh, yeah. Does that come, does it him winning the championship? Does that make that does that make that more of a uh, concern that you know maybe? I don't want to say I don't want to say that what he did wasn't important or anything like that, but you, you know no, what I'm saying. It's just that he came in halfway. He came in halfway through the season. I'm not saying that. I'm saying does that create no. that sort well, of well? It should. It probably will for some people, but it shouldn't. You know, yeah. the T Wolves were lucky enough to have it. Let's, let's be real. Um, you know, perfect demeanor for the team. You know, didn't try and overhaul everything. Vilvins was, was putting in. You know, got the most out of his players. You know, not every team is going to have that, right? You're not going to, right? The Nets organization, actually, let's, let's use a different example. You know, the Heat organization doesn't have a guy like Famous. They can stink in if they, for some inexplicable reason, you know, dismiss Famous midseason. It, it would be a disaster. It would be an utter disaster. Um, so I still think coaches are very important. I mean, I think you could say that. I think we could say that, but it's just not definitive. And so that's why I was saying, like, I just, it just, I, I was just wondering what the, you know, um, thought, you know, the, I, I can't really think of the word right now. I don't want to say, like, what is the outcome of it? Because, you know, I don't, I, I don't think there's anything definitive to, yeah, what, like, what are the repercussions of an interim coach winning the, the I don't, I don't think nothing. anything. Uh, the, the, like he, Josiah said, Vilvins was, had something in place. Um, which Butler and the players could build on. Most teams in this league don't even have that foundation. And so right. the the importance of a coach is still absolutely vital. Um, and I don't, I don't think that can be debated maybe, at maybe all. Name me and... one team, one team that has gotten to a finals without having an above average coach. A finals of anything. There's one team. 
there's one team. I was gonna say, I was gonna say the best team in history has yet to have a coach. The best but, team uh, in regular season history, right? Oh, regular season. And that yeah. was 2018 <laughs> at the turn, right? And then what happened? And then they have needed a coach. They yep. needed a coach. I just, coaching so. matters. Coaching matters. I, That's all I'm gonna say. There are always going to be people who like overreact to every little event. And because one thing happened, that means that that one thing can always work. And the other stuff you don't need, which obviously isn't true. Those people are dummies. Um, so you need, a, you need a good coach. You need a so, good coach. Okay, to, to um, take it a little further, there's a lot of people in the community who uh, aspire to manage a team one day uh and um do you think do you think this affects them at all where it's like you know we the with the success from teams like warriors gaming and um and the t-wolves winning it all who don't have um community-based hires um how does that uh do you think that affects them at all people who aspire uh, just off you know doing stuff for the community yes Yes. Um, yeah, I think so. I think so I as think, well. Yes, for for a number of reasons. Yeah. So I think that was my. I think that's where my question was was uh, mainly pointed to. Um, yeah, I think coaching in all sports uh, is is very important. I just was wondering um, what were the repercussions of you know a, a coach who came in. Um, both of their coaches. I mean, Bill Vince did play 2K. He just, you know, he's not like a, he didn't run MPBA or anything like that. Um, and then Butler came in and, it, you know, they ended up winning the title, uh, ended up having the most cohesive unit off the court. So it's not like you have to be in the community to relate to, relate to these guys. Um, so they did show, you know, that they respected him. Uh, so, yeah, I, just, I, I, I was just wondering uh, what you guys thought about that because I found that pretty interesting. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, there are there are multiple paths to winning. There's in this league. There's no one single right. way right. to to get where you need to right. be. So, you know, Kyle, Kyle, Rudy, let's ball up. Won it all last year. So, yeah. So, you know, yeah. Rico has done. I think honestly an underrated job um, in terms of just being a coach. You know he has he has a connection with his star player that I don't think really anyone else has. Um, you know they they did go to three tournament finals. They didn't win any of them, um, but going to three tournament finals is is still impressive. They made a great run this year. Semifinals appearance. Semifinals no appearance this year. Record. Right. right. Well, so. and I think last year, um, I think last year community based uh, uh, managers coaches uh, were a bit more successful. Uh, so that's why I was saying, and that narrative was kind of created after last season. Like, hey, see, you need someone who knows the community. You need someone who knows the community. And we saw a lot more community-based hires this off season, uh, and that didn't really um, success didn't really follow that. You know, we saw some teams do a little bit better. Uh, we saw some teams draft a little bit more favor favorably, uh, name wise. Uh, so yeah, just knowing that that happened after last season with Famous and Let's Ball Up uh, in the finals, uh, 
and then that narrative to be pushed, uh, how it looks now uh, after the season is done. They both cratered this year. Yeah. Well, the the thing with that was, that was one of the things I was interested before this season started, was seeing the improvement of guys like Lang Whitaker. Lang Whitaker improved. The Grizz. Mm-hmm. He improved. Uh, Lang Whitaker improved Big a lot. Time. That first season was kind of a disaster. He didn't really know the game all that well. He didn't know the players all that well. Um, every team, didn't... every team who blew their draft pick, their crucial draft pick, their first round draft pick in season one, every team who did that made a huge step forward. Yeah. Every uh, yeah. Team. So you, you can learn, right? You can learn. You don't, I don't think you necessarily need a community hire to get where you need to be. And, you know, the, the fact that, um, Vilvins installed a system, and Justin Butler was able to carry the team to a championship uh, using the foundation of that system. Is just goes to show that. So, but I mean, you know, like I said, there's multiple paths to winning in this league. There's not one way to win in this league, and I, mm-hmm. I think it's it's naive for you to for anyone to say that. Um, yeah, especially after just two seasons saying oh there's there's only one you have to do things this way and there are some things you do have to do identity and integrity right but there are a lot of variables around that which goes which go into a successful team so not every team is the same not every team is the same you're a rational thinker will i am you know some (laughs) i know we we both know what you're about to say (laughs) <laughs> some would say my uh my thoughts you know they they lead a lot of discussions so, yeah. so some some would definitely say that i would definitely say it um anything else other than my dog <laughs> yeah, it was like right at the perfect time no all right well we've gone about 45 minutes so i think that's a decent time to wrap this up if this might be this might be the last time josiah's on no no no, no. i'll be this. i'll be i'll be back uh, oh okay back. we got to say review. we got to sing a song or something no we got to do yeah. the season review oh okay or yes and um, season next review, pod I mean, will we torture us are doing for every small infinitesimally small thing we got wrong in the season okay review. so might, might as well announce it on the pod. Next podcast, what we are going to do, we are going to go back to our mega preview that we wrote before the season, the mega season preview. It's like almost, it's like 20,000 words, okay, where we wrote about every single team. We made a bunch of predictions. We wrote about the meta. I am going to go through that entire thing, highlight everything we got right, Everything we got wrong, I told Josiah and Len not to read it. I told them months ago, don't read it, because I don't want anything fresh in their minds. And then we are going to come on this podcast, and we are going to discuss everything we wrote in that season preview, and look back and uh, see how we did way back in uh, in March. So um, I think that's... That's going to be a real fun podcast, and um, people love it when we're wrong. So they, they, they like to point out when we're wrong, 
And so we're about to do it for them. So we're keeping that same energy. Yeah, we, we are keeping that same energy. You can never, ever tell us again that we don't keep that same energy. <laughs> so, so it's going to be a real fun. Po- I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I just have to go through the entire thing. I'm going to highlight everything, everything interesting in there. And uh, Len and Josiah, they're going to react to it in real time. So um, definitely do not miss that podcast. Uh, but for this podcast, I, I think we're we're done. Josiah, where can the people find you and all of your wonderful content? And where will they find you in the very, very near future? Uh, you can find all of my wonderful content on Dimer2K. Um, dot com or on Twitter at Josiah Cohen 13 in the future you can find my news coverage of public pre-existing news on dimer2k.com uh, and you will not find much other news from me um, but you will be able to see some content uh, on I think it's warriorsgaming.nba.com or at warriorsgaming if, if they post anything from there Len. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Len underscore 2K. I feel like I say this every week, so um, I apologize to anyone who is. I know, I I was going to say, I apologize to anyone who listens every time. Uh, Shout out to Nate Call. Yeah, shout out Nate Uh, Call. Nate Call. Call. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod and the man. And Francis. And Francis. Francis. Another friend of the pod. Two official friends of the pod. I motion, I motion, Harris Rubenstein. Third friend of the pod. Yeah, that's the uh, motion, that's motion the seconded motion passed. All right, all in favor, aye. aye. All right. Aye. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, you could find me on Twitter at len underscore two k, and then yeah, I also write on dimer two k dot com. Uh, I've been I've been you know going back and forth. Uh, I've been writing like a ret- uh, uh, retained uh, a retention prediction article. Um, but man, it's a little more difficult once you get to some of these teams who have like three or four good guys. Uh, but yeah, so expect that here. Uh, I, w- I don't want to say soon because nothing's official yet on 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 retained guys and the retained guidelines. Uh, but yeah, so I'm just just know you could find uh, the stuff I'm doing on Dimer2k.com and uh, yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Will Beverina. That's B E V E R I N A. Uh, follow Dimer at Dimer2k, Dimer2k.com. But if you are listening to this podcast and you don't follow Dimer, then what are you doing? We will be back next week to laugh at our own predictions in our season preview. Um, going to be a real fun one. Uh, I think everyone's going to enjoy it, us included. But uh, for now, we are done. It was a very, very wild season. Um, almost unbelievable that's over so uh yeah um we will see you next week